Yeah, thank you, Orrin. Okay, how you doing, Alec? Doing well. How about you? So you got Tim there, right? Yes, we do. Tim, how you doing? Good, thank you. Okay, folks, yeah. this is uh, this is Tim from Canada. He's got a wonderful website, thefakeologist.com. That's F-A-K-E-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. He's also got another website, fakeotube.com. That's F-A-K-E-O-T-U-B-E. I will be curious to see how Tim describes what he does, but my comments are is he's got these great websites and he's exploring the phenomena, the modern day phenomena of how media can create absolutely imaginary events and through constantly grinding it into people, convince people of almost anything. It, the, the media works in lockstep at times and if it wants to tell people that cows can fly, they know because of the nature of hypnosis and repetitive conditioning that roughly 20% of the population is extremely suggestible, extremely gullible, and they'll have 20% of the population convinced that cows can fly. And that's just how it rolls. So they make up these agendas. They got very good at this by pushing products. Um, some of these uh, cereals, for example, that you could feed to children. The, the child would be healthier if they ate the cardboard box and the actual cereal inside the box. But the parents are convinced the cereal is the most wonderful thing. Every time they turn on the TV, there's all these ads saying how wonderful the cereal is, and it's just basically totally devoid of any sort of nutrition. And that's how hypnosis works, that's how advertising works, and that's how deception works. So how's life treating you, Tim? What have you been up to lately? Oh, just working like a dog, working like a good slave here up in the North Shore Lake on Terrible, in Toronto, on Terrible, Canada. Yeah, I'm I'm in Canada. I don't know if you mentioned that. So we're like California on steroids. Well, you have that horrible creature, Justin Trudeau, who is a graduate of the Young, the young Leaders uh, Forums from Klaus Schwab, who... Uh, I, as we speak, he's trying to confiscate all the guns, which could prove to be a great danger to Canadians. Well, he's just implementing United Nations Agenda 21 SDGs, as is your governor. So they're carbon copies. It's going to be a little harder to implement United Nations Agenda 21 in the United States because you guys have a few more protections. If the people of the United States care to know about them and... And fight for them, as I believe one of your past signers of the Declaration of Independence said, Benjamin Franklin, or it might have been Jefferson, if you don't keep fighting for freedom, you're going to lose it. And you have to renew your fight every single generation. I'm not sure the current generation knows that. They just assume everything is going to come onto their phone on an app. But that's what needs to be done. And Justine Trudeau, he's no different than any other of the global leaders. He just has a little more publicity that uh, seems to carry itself all the way around the world or across the world, depending on your view of the shape of the world. Well, on your website, you go into quite a few different gigantic deceptions they have about uh, the deceptions connected to the Kennedy assassination, the deceptions connected oh, yeah. to 9-11, the deceptions uh, connected to climate change. I mean, it's basically the average person whose perceptive realizes that the media 
is in a constant gaslight campaign to push certain ideas into your head. And if you're gullible, if you're hypnotically suggestible, it might make sense. But to those of you listening that have retained your critical facilities, maybe you noticed that there was some things amiss about the 9-11 scenario. Maybe you noticed that there was some things amiss about the Kennedy assassination scenario or the climate change scenario. So um, also the COVID scenario. So uh, before we go into some of the other weird scenarios, how did you approach the COVID scenario? How was your, what was your line of thought where you started to realize this was another uh, subject for the fakeologists to look into? Well, we all knew that every 20 years, every generation, which is a generation, it's 20 years, we're all waiting for a big one to define our generation and this era. So we went from 9-11, the age of terrorism, the terrorists around every tree corner, to something new. And the minute that the head of the WHO announced that this could be characterized as a pandemic, he didn't say it was a pandemic, he said it could be characterized as one, so he wasn't lying. As soon as that happened, I thought, okay, here we go. This is not, this one is going to be a big one. This is not going to be your run of the mill. We have a little disease flying around. This is, they're going to go for the whole enchilada. And because I was aware of the United Nations, SDGs, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, I figured this is what they're going to use to bring it in. And so far, almost three years later, I've been right, as have many other people. I'm not the only one that's right. Our community has been talking about this for years. And we had a feeling, but we didn't know the vaccines would be the way to implement the digital ID, the digital currency, the CBDCs. We didn't know that was going to be the method, but it didn't take long to figure out that, well, they told us. Bill Gates told us, Klaus Schwab told us, the head of the United Nations told us, all our respective young globalists told us. They all told us. <laughs> we're not making any great revelations here. We're just explaining where we're going. And people need to realize that if you want to make it to 2030, you're going to have to avoid playing Russian roulette with that little syringe with the thimerosal and or the aluminum hydroxide in it and try and stay alive if you want to see 2030. Otherwise, your life could be in danger, as you have said so eloquently earlier. Well, <clears throat> I, I, I talk to people all the time. And by the way, folks, my attitude towards this thing is very simple. When I get And I encourage people to think about what I'm saying. I get up in the morning, I ask God what I can do for him. And I ask God to guide me to people that want to know the truth. And that's an extremely simple thing. And invariably through synchronicity, which is how I prove to myself that God is paying attention to that prayer because I start meeting people in unusual circumstances that are really quite remarkable. And basically, one of the key stumbling blocks is this thing about viruses. So, Tim... How did you figure out the viral theory was another 
issue the fakeologists had to deal with? Well, it's pretty easy. Everything that the establishment, and by the way, it's not the media. The media is the organ at which the elite transmit their ideas. They own the media, but I don't like blaming the media, just like I don't blame the interstate for crashes. It's the oligarchy, the people that rule over us, the elites, the 13, the Committee of 300. It's those families that control the media and put the messages out to us. But knowing what I know and knowing that I'm... My my biggest takeaway from 9-11 is that every single thing they tell us is a lie. And not only that, but almost everything they tell us is inverted. So if you apply that to health, you have to just, everything they say, invert it. So if they say, and this is my favorite one, they say the flu shot this year is only 30% effective. Now, to normal people, that means that 30% of people that take the flu shot don't get sick. That's what it means to most people. But you have to invert that. So what it really means is 70% of the people that took the flu shot got poisoned by it and sickened by it. The other 30% were healthy enough to withstand the poisoning so they didn't show symptoms. So do you see how we have to invert everything? So that's how I knew that vaccines, because they're pushing them so hard, and it's so obvious this time. Before it was sort of subtle. But now, getting these politicians selling you lottery tickets, hamburgers, french fries, whatever, begging you begging you to take this poison that it couldn't be more obvious to even the most i would say non-awake person so it's just the principle inversion tom take whatever they say and invert it and that is most likely the truth Hmm. well it gets i i i knew a lot of this stuff was uh Inverted when I was a teenager as I watched a bunch of MDs <clears throat> kill my aunt with their so-called cancer therapy, chemotherapy, oh, yeah. drugs, and radiation. And as a teenager, I could smell a rat back then. And that's when I started reading books how, on how bad vaccines are. So I, I'd always known vaccines were bad. But as I've gotten older, I see they're even worse than what I thought then. But it was more recently that I realized there was no viruses I mean, there are germs and bacteria for sure. There's trillions of them in the air. Anyone who's reasonably healthy does not have a problem with germs and bacteria. But the the viral concept that our creator has created these uh, malevolent little mini devils that you can't even see, you'd think right there that people would be suspicious of the fact they can't see them. And when they claim to see them, they claim they use electron microscope that, that... amplifies the size of the virus one billion times, which means you're talking about something that is so small, it's essentially non-existent. And when you look at the photographs, the electron microscope photographs, which are usually just a bunch of nondescript material of dead cells, and then they point an arrow at some artifact next to a cell and say, this arrow is pointing to a virus that killed this cell. Well, anyone who knows how they take electron microscope photographs know that they have to kill the cells to prepare them for the photograph because the electron microscope uses electron beam shine on the cell, and it's the reflection of the electron beam that creates a photograph. So 
not only when they cut the cellular structure from a human or animal and it's alive, but when they start to prepare it <clears throat> with the different chemicals so it can be photographed in the electron microscope, it becomes dead. So they're basically killing the cell. And then as the insides of the cell break out because the cell wall's dead, they're claiming that what's outside the cell is a virus that killed the cell. It's... Uh, more layers of deception. So, Tim, uh, the vaccine subject is different from the viral subject, but realistically, people don't take vaccines unless they believe in viruses. So the whole thing is sort of rolled into one deception. When when did you become aware that vaccines were... Um, I, the kindest thing I can say about them is that they're garbage filled with poisons. I mean, what was your take on vaccines? Well, I've never been able to take... Well, I've never really subscribed, been able to take vaccines because, as I figured out now in my research over the last few years, that uh, as a child I was given whatever vaccine you get early on. And I became anaphylactic to eggs by my first birthday cake. I couldn't eat it because it caused a allergic reaction. And of course, you ask any doctor, they don't know what the cause of allergies are. But like almost every childhood illness and disease, where if you're born perfectly, which most of us are, it's whatever is, whatever medical intervention is given to us as a child is usually the cause of it. So I've never been able to take injections knowing that almost every vaccine is based on an egg protein. It's bacteria grown in an egg protein for food. So I can't take it because I'm anaphylactic. And Chuck, uh, what's his name, Bernard, I believe, in 1913 was the one that discovered anaphylaxis which is when you inject a plant or an animal protein directly into your blood, it removes the defense from your body to process it because we don't naturally get food or proteins injected directly into us. We normally eat them so our body can actually process them. So knowing that and learning that, I've always been... I've always stayed away from shots. And I, I often asked, even before, way before this, my, my doctor, I said, do I need a booster? Or do I need any updates? Because they never, ever made it clear back in the old days if you need an update. And I was, I was always a slave to the medical system because I just believe I was being told the truth. But uh, after, after I, now I realize my doctor could not expressly say, don't take it. He just said, no, you don't need it. But I know, now I know the culture of secrecy with these doctors, this cult of the medics, where they can't expressly tell you not to do something. Because if you turn them in, they could lose their license. And you have no idea what pins and needles your doctor is walking on because of the cult of secrecy that he isn't sworn to by the, the colleges and all the administrators of his license. So the doctors know they're poison. Imagine their catch-22. They know they're poison, but they don't know if you are a believer in the medical system. Because if you are and they refuse to vaccinate you and you decide, oh, and then you get sick, 
and you would then you think, oh, that's because he wouldn't give me the vaccine. Then you turn your doctor in, he's screwed. So there is no way, if you can see how that works, a doctor could possibly advise you not to take the vaccine, even if he believes you're not a believer, because he can't trust you. You're one person. And if one person sinks his whole practice, then that would be very bad. So you, you, you can just see how brilliant the the secrecy goes. You can see how, you know, when people say, oh, conspiracies could never be carried out because too many people know. Well, in this case, every doctor knows the truth. But you can see how they are shackled by the money. So, yeah, that's how conspiracies work. Everyone can know, but everyone can't say anything if they want to stay in the money system. And most doctors are not willing to give up their huge investment of college over one lousy shot or one lousy patient. So I hope people understand, yeah, big conspiracies do work even if everybody knows. So, Well, what a lot of people don't realize, too, and I've mentioned this other times, there's a wonderful book. You can find it on the Internet. It's called Murder by Injection. It's written by Eustace Mullins around 1980. Uh, it's interesting because it goes into how the Rockefellers hijacked the American medical profession, how they shut down virtually every medical school in the United States that taught the natural approach. They they ended up uh, submitting this report to Congress called the Flexner Report in 1909, and the result was was uh, Congress essentially shut down all the medical schools in the United States except for ones that were following Rockefeller-style uh, protocols of using tons of drugs that were made from the petrochemical industry. And you think about it, the Rockefellers were into oil in 1880, I think, when they drilled for oil in Drakesburg, Ohio, I'm trying to remember the exact date. It was probably somewhere around 1850 or so. The Rockefellers were there right at the very beginning. And the odd thing was the great-grandfather Rockefeller, who was there in the 1850s at Drakesburg, Ohio, he was not only interested in the use of oil for illumination and lubrication, he was also interested in oil for patent medicines. And he personally sold uh, different patent medicines that were just bottled oil, which you would rub on your head to help your hair growth, or you would drink for supposedly help you for something or other. It was just patent Fake medicine. oil. Yeah, it was garbage. Just garbage. So they, they were into garbage right from the beginning, and they had this big coup in 1909 when they shut down the medical schools. So that book, by the way, is Murder by Injection, a uh, wonderful book. There's another book I recommend is called Virus Mania, which is written by some German physicians and explains how the germ theory was fraudulent, that, uh, that Louis Pasteur, who they treat like some sort of tin god, was actually a crook like Fauci, and he was uh, a stooge of the pharmaceutical industry, and he would fake his uh, experiments and lie in his and publications. And he was a chemist. Yeah, he he was a chemist. He wasn't even a doctor. Yeah, he he he. Not fact, that that matters. Well, at one point in time, he he wanted to make vaccines, and he was experimenting on farm animals like sheep and such. And he killed so many sheep 
that the German government had a law that uh, the Pasteur Institute products could not be sold in Germany because the German government was convinced that Louis Pasteur was involved in German warfare against Germany. So that's how dangerous his products were. They were killing everything they came in contact with. So the average person doesn't read enough history to really understand that there's many layers of deception going back to quite a bit of time. The 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 germ theory that uh, Louis Pasteur was promoting is a concept that uh, that we're under constant attack by little germs and bacteria. Well, the fact of the matter is there's trillions of germs and bacteria all over the place, but they don't bother anyone who is reasonably healthy. If you have a reasonable diet, if you exercise, you get sunlight, you do the things that have always been taught in traditional medicine. And when I say traditional medicine, the type of medicine that goes back to the days of Hippocrates and Pythagoras, where it's your lifestyle that determines how healthy you are. And, and bacteria are in our bodies. They, we need them. They're part of our biome. If we don't have bacteria, we don't digest food, period. I agree. So They're friends. Bacteria They're our friends. is not bad. Bacteria, bacteria are your friends. If you are right. reasonably healthy in your intestine, you're, you've got trillions of different types of germs and bacteria in your intestine. They're actually helping you with the digestion of food. When your food goes through your mouth, through your intestines, it's subjected to different types of enzymes and acids that begins, initiates the process of digestion. But right. the actual final aspects of digestion are handled by the germs and bacteria in the intestine that break things down to the micro level so that those smaller particles of nutrition can go through the intestinal wall. And it's the same with humans, and it's also the same with the strawberries out in Watsonville. If you grow strawberries organically and the roots are in a soil that's filled with earthworms and different types of bacteria, those earthworms and those bacteria can break down the nutrients and the minerals in that dirt so that the, the roots of the strawberry can access them, and it produces a strawberry that has more flavor, it has more nutrition, it's more robust. But you'll go out there and you'll see some of these farmers covering the soil with black uh, plastic, and then they put gases, poisonous gases, underneath the black plastic to kill all the germs and all the worms, and then they'll plant the strawberries there. And they produce these strawberries that look pretty good. They're big. They have a lot of water because they intentionally overwater them to keep the size up. But there's no nutrition, and they don't taste as good. Why? Because the roots can't access the minerals in the soil. It's the minerals, just like the salt in the ocean, that gives that taste. So this is uh, just more... Uh, sort of misdirection from these companies, these gigantic corporations are connected to the World Economic Forum that are misleading people on so many subjects. Um, so your website, um, and I encourage people to go look at Tim's website, it's fakeologist.com and also fakeotube.com. And fakeotube, for those of you who like videos, has got a lot of videos on it. You've got, what, thousands of videos on that channel, correct? Well, they're my personal selections. It's not random stuff. I try and curate it so you're not watching stuff that's irrelevant to what I think is the proper truth. We all have our own version. So I'm an editor. I'm a curator. I just grab what I think are the most important videos, and I save them because I know that most of the mainstream services are all beholden to the elite because they got all the money and control all the services. So if they 
if they advertise on a service like YouTube, they say, listen, we're not putting our ads with these type of videos, so take them down. And, of course, they'll be taken down because it's their private business. So, yeah, I curate my favorite stuff, which I think is worth your watch. I don't put stuff even half-baked on there. So if I think it's worth it and I think you can gain from the knowledge of the video, I'll put it up there. Uh, other people cannot upload to my service because I have to pay for it and the bandwidth. And I do have donors like you do to your radio program to put these things up. So, yeah, that's that's why I say it. Like, for instance, I wanted to watch a video today on Rumble. Rumble's the new darling child of, of everyone who's supposedly alternative in this world. Guess what? Rumble's down today. You can't, the whole the whole site's down. So, FacoTube is up. And it's my service, and I put my favorite stuff up there, so everyone should go take a look, make comments, share, 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 and contribute if you think it's a worthwhile cause. Well, in your in your learned opinion, can you give us uh, your take on, let's see now, you've got BitChute, you've got Rumble, you've got Brighteon, you've got DLive. What's your take on some of these other platforms? Are you using any of them? No, absolutely not, because... I don't want other people controlling my content. And it's their playground, so they can put whatever they want up. So, no, I don't use them at all. I use YouTube maybe to um, lead people to FACOTube, but most of my material, if I, if I say the word vaccine or virus, my video on YouTube gets deleted. Sometimes if I'm streaming live to it as a preview, it gets deleted in midstream. It doesn't even land on the site. It doesn't even make it. So, no, that's why I have my own video platform. And it's well worth the investment and time and money. And everyone should do this if they can afford it. It doesn't even cost all that much unless it gets big like FacoTube. Well, could we talk just a minute or two about um, 9-11? How, how did, what was your take on 9-11? Well, the best thing for people to understand 9-11 is to go to FACOTube and go look up September Clues. September Clues was the penultimate video put out in 2008. It has a few mistakes in it, and he hasn't updated it, but it's got mostly what happened on 9-11. That was just a 102-minute movie where the elite, the military-industrial complex, the pharmaceutical complex, whatever the rich are into, they put on a TV movie to say that two planes crashed into two towers at the World Trade Center. Nothing could be further from the truth. The only way those things came down was controlled demolition. Actually, nine buildings came down that day. Most people don't realize that. It was a nine-building complex. They all came down. And were they all hit by planes, according to the official BS story? No. They were all controlled demolition that day. All of them. And the way that magician did the magic trick is New York was enveloped in a gigantic military-grade smoke screen the whole day, the entire day. Now, anyone can go on YouTube, which I don't like to recommend, and go look up the Loiseau Group, CDI, Controlled Demolition Incorporated, and go watch their controlled demolition. The dust cloud of any building lasts maybe for a minute. So how the heck was New York City enveloped in a huge smoke screen unless it was artificial. 
And that was the curtain that they put up while they demolished the towers. What you saw on TV was made in Hollywood. No buildings collapsed. You'll get a laugh out of this. The official story is Building 1 and Building 2 collapsed in 9 and 11 seconds, respectively. Do you see the coding they put in there? 9, 11. 9 seconds and 11 seconds. Come on, people. This was a movie. Well, they like they on. like they like numbers. Could you explain to people what gematria is? Gematria is the study of numerology. It, it's it's sort of an extension of numerology, where you take numbers and you take the individual digits and add them up and summarize them. I'm not a big gematria fan. I don't think there's a lot to it, but they do like numerology, so they like certain numbers because they think certain numbers have certain powers. So they maybe align them with astrology, that kind of thing. But they well, do they, pick certain dates because they mean something to the occult. And it's sort of them communicating with each other, saying, hey, I'm in the club, you're in the club. If you recognize 3311, you know that this is a fake event. Like most stories with 33 in it, which is another... Favorite number of theirs, yeah. Yeah, that's so, so, code. So if you see 33 people died... In whatever story you're reading, uh, you know it's fake. Well, this is uh, the club. The same. This is the same club George Carlin was talking about. We encourage people to look up George Carlin, where he talks about uh, they're in a club and you're not in it. So well, that's, this is that's these the elite uh, club, the money rich, club. Rich uh, characters are in yeah. these uh, private clubs, but they uh, like the number six six six. They like the number 33. They like hand signs. Right. Have you had any good videos videos on hand signs? They're always throwing these uh, hand signs out. Well, they put the devil horns in. They put the hand in the lapel. Uh, all the world leaders use Masonic handshakes. They're in the club. It's just, And they do it in front of the camera because it's just, it's just a signal to those that know that we're in the club and you're not. But for the rest of the people, they don't even know what's going on, so... They don't mind doing it because it just gives them a little boost of power, a little ego boost that, hey, I'm special. And don't forget, all these politicians are put there by the elite. They don't have any power. They're not stealing any money. They're given, a, they're, they're given money, but they're put there on purpose. Even our old friend Trump, he's put there on purpose, unfortunately. So they're all controlled because they all need money to... Be there, basically. You can't get there without big bags of money, and they don't necessarily have it. So, well, when I, is you it? Know, Ross Ross Perot might have had it, but guess what? He didn't get in. He actually bowed out because he was probably told to bow out. So he may have been a genuine guy that may have made an attempt, but you can see what happened when he did. He was probably just took, took taking aside. Hey, listen, buddy. I know you. I know you're trying to screw things up here, but. You're not going anywhere, so don't waste your money. And he just all of a sudden withdrew. Now, on your website, you have videos about transvestigation and elite gender inversion, which is something I didn't know about uh, years ago, but I can remember seeing these uh, videos and articles on YouTube that said that Michelle Obama was a dude, and I thought it was some sort of Oscar Wilde-type satire, some wag making fun of Michelle Obama, but 
One day I saw a photograph of her back where they had juxtaposed her back next to George Foreman's back and Michelle Obama's back was as big as a world champion boxer of the entire planet Earth. And then I saw some photos of her as a teenager wearing men's clothing. And I thought, you know, there's something to this. So, so what's this thing about transvestigation? What's that all about? Well, I recommend people go to FacoTube and look up my Mr. E videos. He is one of my favorite because he ties in the Bible with Kabbalah, with just ancient writings where you learn that all these guys at the top, first of all, women were never really part of society other than to foster reproduction. So they were never in positions of power like they are today. And they weren't even allowed in plays and as actors. So it, men always had to play women. So now it's more, it's, it's sort of an elite, it's, it's, it's an elite club where men marry women because, or, or sorry, men marry men dressed up as women, just again as part of this ultra elite club where they're, where they're trying to fool the people. They, if you have all the power and the money, then you're bored. So this is another extra thing where they can, where they can somehow play God and manipulate hormones and and fool people, showing how oh this is really a man dressed up as a woman. And sometimes they go farther than that. I think most people would agree that transvestitism is a thing where men dressed up as women. I think. Most people accept that, but it's when they go farther and go for the surgery and the hormones to really try and play God that things get out of control. And I think it's it's reaching some really, just some really medically advanced stages right now where they can really do manipulation early on, even in vitro, I'm afraid, where they can really do some messing with biology. And these are some of the actors and actresses we see that are, I would almost call them in-betweeners. They're not men and they're not women. They might be hermaphrodites. So well, this it's, it's, is... Um, it's pretty crazy stuff, I know. This is this is connected to uh, the world, uh, Brave New World, the book I was made to read in high school, along with many other people back in the 60s. And Brave New World didn't make much sense to me as a teenager, but I encourage listeners to read it. You can find PDFs of it on the Internet, and it brags about what they were doing back in the 1930s, which is basically growing people in labs who were neither male nor female, who they would use as eunuchs to assist the uh, ruling elite, like their minions. And the interesting thing is it's more common than people realize. For example... I encourage people to go on the internet and look up Chuck Schumer and wife. And it appears that Chuck Schumer is married to a dude with lipstick or Nelson and Happy Rockefeller to look at Happy Rockefeller or look at uh, uh, Henry Kissinger and wife. It appears to be pretty common that these wealthy dudes. And maybe Bill Gates. Bill Gates is another one. If If he's even a man. You know, he comes from a very elite family, so there's no guarantee. He he has a lot of feminine features to build. And I fortunately, same with the Trumpster. Some very odd physical features that don't really, that aren't masculine. Now, there's always masculine women and 
effeminate men. We get that. You know, some of our grandmothers, they start growing hair on their chins and they look they look male, but we know they're female. But So there is such a thing, but, you know, well, Trump we just, has a lot of feminine features, so we're, we're, we he's another a, mystery. Let's see, we only got a few seconds left. Uh, All so right. So this is... Get a hold of me if you're interested in supporting the show. The number here is 435-8491. That's 435-8491. We encourage you to get a hold of the Fakeologist. His website is fakeologist.com or fakeotube.com. Any final comments? you got about 15 seconds, Tim. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it.